far, I think she's kind of a prick. <laughs> You're supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I figured that. I was like, oh, okay. I get you. Yeah. But no, I think I'm going to like it. Um, the first few pages in, I remember being like, what the heck is this woman? <laughs> and then as time went on, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I fin- finished Children of um, Blood and Bone. Didn't realize that that was going to be a series thing. Frustrated. Yeah. No, it's um, it's not. It's fantastic. Book. Oh, you read it? Yeah. Children of Blood and Bone. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but now but, I have to wait for the next one. I'm like, I wasn't. I thought I was just reading a book. I didn't know I was getting on board with a new series. Sorry. I just started a new series a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> That's my fault. I should have told you that. <laughs> no, it doesn't look like a series book looking at it. It looks at it like an individual piece. Then I know that's judging a book by its cover, but you know what? I do that 100% of the time. So. Welcome to another episode of Reading Between the Tea Leaves. Today we are talking about Doing It by Hannah Wilson. I love that Mel has just held the book up like everyone can see her. She's like, yes! Because that's what a podcast is, right? The channel where people watch things. Nobody can see me. I can put it on YouTube if you want. No, thank you. I just woke up and I look disgusting. Fantastic. So we're right, so in a state of um, tiredness because um, if we remember from last time, Kiara is the other side of the world from us. Which so is Mel and I have been up very early this morning and she's up very late. <laughs> well, yes, yeah. guys, I am 13 hours in the future. Yes. Hours. So heads up, today <laughs> is only okay. Jeez. It's very good point, going to be fine <laughs> right um so uh for those that have never heard of the book um doing it is basically it's a non-fiction read uh which is a little bit of a difference from what we've been looking at before how uh, did we find this book guys i can't remember how we decided um, on doing it <laughs> i'm pretty sure doing it. <laughs> we, have a, we have a hat we have a hat uh well, we did have a bowl yes we did that we yeah, things nice. out of and it was one of the ones was it that <laughs> I don't know I feel like did somebody recommend it to us or did we just see it or like did we hear about it yourself? so I wanted um, to so it. oh you wanted to read it yeah oh, I, you, already, you already owned it ages ago and I was like I really want to read this book and then I remember just set I remember right I think I wrote it down in that mm. bowl and it got picked out maybe Okay, yeah. yeah, I just can't remember. Uh, we have a really organised podcast here, guys. Really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing it out there. We we love to just break into our administration talks halfway through the recording <laughs> session. That's our favourite thing to do. <laughs> How do we even organise this? <laughs> yeah, it's been well, it's been so long because like, obviously we had a bit of a break, and then um, 
Oh, I just found secret piece of paper in my book. Sorry. Distraction. Oh, no. It was just a piece of paper that I was using as a book. Like, Never mind. About this. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, I just, I'm so stupid. Sorry, guys. I'm just literally waking up. I just realized I was using it to highlight parts of the book that I wanted to talk about. And I didn't know how I didn't make the correlation from blank you pieces of tear paper to, oh, mystery piece of paper in my book. Oh, God. To be fair, you did that a solid four months ago. <laughs> I remember oh sitting next to you while you were tearing those bits of paper up. to talk about a good almost half a year ago. So, you know, you know that point in a conversation uh, where a moment's passed? Potentially might, yes. might be that issue right now. Uh, oh, my God. So the book's about sex. Yes. Yeah. In the title, we... it's called Doing It, Let's Talk About Sex. So Baby, let's talk that. about you and me. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So it's about. I mean, it actually. I found it's not hundred percent totally about sex. It's about relationships. I think. Um. In general, um, sexuality, relationships, being comfortable with yourself, knowing your likes and dislikes opening up to your partner all of those things are covered in the book and to be honest for me I just think it's one of those books that should be in like every school (laughs) I agree Mm. well let's start from the beginning um Mel didn't you say you wanted to read the blurb yeah um I'll just read it out just so we can sort of get a general idea for it as well even though Kat did sum up very nicely so it's on the back Doing it, sexting, virginity, consent, the big O. Let's face it, doing it can be tricksy. I don't know anyone, including myself, who has sex all figured out. So I've written a book full of honest, hilarious, and sometimes awkward anecdotes, confessions and revelations, and because none of us have all the answers, I've invited some friends to talk about their sexuality too. We we talk about doing it safely, doing it joyfully, doing it when you're ready, not doing it, basically doing it the way you want, when you want so let's do this yes and it's hannah witten she says is a sex positive vlogger and a winner of best sex and relationships influencer at the 2016 cosmic influencer awards and this is her first book it's recommended for 14 plus 14 plus although i would say probably younger than that yeah i would say younger than that I would say probably 11 to 14 is where you were wanting to be hit with this kind of book. Just to know, mm-hmm. even if it's just, even if it's just, because it's one of those books, actually, when I was reading it, I felt like it was a book that you could dip into when you mm-hmm. need bits of information at a time. It wouldn't necessarily be a book that you would read cover to cover. Um, I did. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> um, I tried. I struggled with that, and then just like a quarter of the way through, just picked it up and read the bits that I could be bothered to read because I found it really hard to read cover to cover. But not because of her writing, because I am not young enough to need a lot of the information. But some of it, like talking about consent and 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 like um, attraction and stuff, I found really interesting. So I I was more drawn to those bits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I definitely enjoyed the bits that I knew less about more. Yeah. I feel like um, it's just, a, well, like you said, one of those really good books to have because I feel like when we were saying just a bit younger than 14 because 
they're the years that you're starting to form your identity a lot. And when it talks about like gender expression and everything like this, I think it'd be really like useful to be able to read this because even reading this book now, there are things that I feel like I know, but then it's it's nice to hear it back to yourself because you're like, okay, so you're kind of confirming what I'm saying, that it's okay to do this. Whereas, for example, where I'm from and like growing up, any form of like expression, whether it be like just a different style to everyone else, they immediately like attack that. So mm-hmm. even if it was just to reaffirm like, okay, I can have short hair and not have to be seen as something that I'm that I'm not or you know I can I don't know feel a certain way about myself but it doesn't mean that I'm wrong so I think that again yeah this is a really good book to have from like definitely a younger age and just to reaffirm it yeah I think so I think I had the same thing like she actually talks in the introduction of the book because I reread it, not because I have an amazing memory. Um, <laughs> in the introduction of the book, she talks about the reason why she's writing the book is um, because when she was at school, she didn't feel like she had a good formative sex education. Um, uh, I think it was a lot of like um, religious values placed upon it. So she was asking questions even when she was that age and being told, we can't speak about that. Um, mm. And that... I, th- I think you don't realise it until you're older, but I think that actually can be quite damaging. And it's the reason Definitely. why people tend to do weird, not so great things when it comes to sex. Like consent is a bit of a fuzzy topic. Um, so many things are like, everyone's almost ashamed to talk about it. Mm. Uh, if we were a bit more open and honest in our feelings towards sex, then I think that we wouldn't have half the issues that we do I definitely agree I I, um personally like going into this kind of book um there were some things that like were really interesting that I hadn't thought about too much before but like in terms of like the way that I grew up I always had like all of the information that I felt like I wanted or needed I didn't end up having sex until I was 22 so like I'm not saying I'm not saying younger people shouldn't be having sex but I'm saying I never felt like I was given any kind of judgmental information or anything like that like I I never felt like I was confused about anything because I could go to my parents and ask them not that that's always the thing that you want to be doing but like I could do that kind of thing where I feel like so many people that I've met like my whole life that's definitely like what I would say is more of an exception rather than the rule and people don't have those discussions. Yeah. I thought she's done this really well, but I, what I do also feel is I wish that the pages were less busy. But I, the she's going for, I think it worked. I I really like how busy the pages are. I don't know, like, I get, I think I've just got a bad attention span, like, but I was just looking through it and I was like, if I was going to make a book, I would probably use as many, like, fonts and things like this because it just, it draws my right. attention into it. Plus, when you actually look at the sort of, uh, I guess we could call them chapters, but they're not really chapters, they're like sections, um, it kind of just breaks them up and fills them out a little bit because it, it sort of talks about the section. It doesn't go heavy, heavy into each one of them. It kind of just gives you like an overview and then it's kind of like an introduction so that if you want to learn more, then you would take it upon yourself to learn more. Um, so I feel like for that reason, 
she's kind of had to engage the mind a little bit more with these like flowy little infographics which I'm sure this is just gonna hurt your eyes Kiara but like this the thing is if this was like in a creative book or whatever like I understand that you're an artist and you love that kind of stuff and that's (laughs) what what you're after like if it was in a creative book that's fine um and this is not a judgment on her or her book I'm talking about my own issues here (laughs) um but like I find that really frustrating I even um I don't know Mel if you've started reading our next book spoiler alert it's feminists don't wear pink and otherwise um, but they have big quotes, um, and I always hate big quotes because sometimes it's stuff that's included in the regular text, and sometimes it's not. And as soon as I see it, I have to find whether or not it's there, and then I can go back to keep it on reading. I find them, I find it super distracting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that's a tangent. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I think I get where Kiara is coming from. I think the busyness was. Um, an attempt to break up a lot of information uh, yeah, because there was a lot of information um, and I think she just tried to fill it and make it a bit varied rather than just being blocks and blocks of text. Um, she tried to make it a bit creative and a bit um, visually pleasing. Um, it's not for everyone though. I, um, me, some bits I was looking at it and I was like, oh, cool. And some bits I was like, Oh, that's a lot of that's a lot on this page. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think to be honest, I don't think it really bothered me that much. Like, I it not the 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 content of the book was so engaging to me that I was just like, yeah, whatever about the stylistic choices. Um, probably I, the little bit that I know about book publishing. To be fair, she probably didn't have huge amounts of choice over some aspects oh, of it real. so I'm not going to really yeah. judge it 100% based on that oh, definitely not that, yeah that's great um who had a bit that they felt like talking about for this book oh my god so many like so many bits about <laughs> yeah. this book <laughs> like I just want to like highlight anyone that you know we were reading this when there was some stuff going on and it was just really nice in the world or in your life in in my life um it's like it begins with what does a healthy relationship look like and I just don't think like a lot of people really understand what that looks like because of everything that's been portrayed in the media like we always talk and joke about twilight and how it's not like a romance movie (laughs) she's like ah but like we're talking about like the notebook as well and it's saying like that can of worms right there (laughs) yeah but that's it Tara, go on unleash onto the podcast how you feel about twilight (laughs) you're such a stalker you're too old for her what? Oh my gosh, guys! <laughs> we should do a special podcast just on our feet of Twilight because I feel like every episode we record, at some point, somebody mentions Twilight, and then suddenly, um, Kiara goes mental. <laughs> Sorry, we're recording a podcast. No, you're way too old. You're such a stalker. What happens when she has a period? Like, that's good. <laughs> it's true yeah it's true and that's like this is just like something that I think is really important in that chapter because for example 
Um, she gives you an example of what healthy relationships looks like. And then just after that section, there's a not so healthy relationships. And there's a nice little check, um, sort of checklist, which is name calling. It's definitely happened before. And these are sort of things that like you maybe they're happening, but you're like, you're not really registering them and you don't see them as that. So for example, possessiveness, which is exactly what the notebook is. This guy's really possessive over this girl. He doesn't want to let her go. He like completely ruins her life in a way. It's like one of the sweetest films I, I saw but then at the same time reflecting I on it I'm like oh my god it's actually so bad um mm. extreme jealousy or insecurity explosive temper um pressuring to do things you don't want to do isolating you from your friends and family making you feel scared making you feel down about yourself and hard um what was it have low self-esteem hurting you physically or emotionally or pressuring you or forcing you to do sexual acts so like that's just like a very clear list that even though it may seem obvious that these things obviously are bad but then I didn't start thinking about like the twilight sort of situation and the notebook situation until Kiara mentioned it so I think it really just depends on who's running in your circles and how they identify things because sometimes you know they want this like possessive nature because we've seen it in films to sort of mean oh well it's just because they love me they love me so much so that's why they're being like this but mm. part of the romanticizing of jealousy makes me so uncomfortable mm-hmm. and I mean part of it is definitely because I've never experienced romantic jealousy before um part come from I think this idea that oh my god you need to be raging and and jealous and possessive otherwise you don't care Mm -hmm. yeah it's true um so good job pointing that out hannah yeah i appreciate it i mean hopefully the media that we consume though because 90 percent of like things that i've watched or things that i've read or contain especially if they contain like a love triangle one of my least favorite tropes of all time ever um if they contain a love triangle it always and it's always a girl with like two boys <sighs> yeah because the thing is if it's a boy with two girls they're gonna have a threesome yeah yeah that's that's hot right <laughs> um I mean, no, yeah around and it's always cat. like it's always painted like it's uh, it's it's totally okay. It's like some of the behaviour that I see from the guys, I'm always just like, that's like, why are you even still considering him as a romantic partner at this point? Yeah. The way that he is behaving before the love triangle even begins, the way that he's behaving, no, no. Man, that's so obvious in Veronica Mars. I'm just saying, they act ridiculously. Mhm. It's just this idea that a female has to be like this weak and frail, down to distress, and it's like going back to like really archaic things of like me, man, me can protect. I will do everything I can, and I will fight for you. So it's like the going back to like the animal kingdom. The the most alpha male male will win the female to mate with. So it's kind of like showing that, and then it's kind of trying to put in your idea that you you want to be with someone that you can feel protected by, but it's like no. There isn't really no, like Bella, a huge I've never threat. Been your yeah, <laughs> there's not there's not like this threat anymore or this need to feel like protected. Like yeah, maybe you want to feel like financially stable and stuff like that. That's fine. 
but like not like there's there's no real threat like no one's just gonna come at you because they want to take you away from your boyfriend like no can it's i tell you a fun story about alpha males yes just quick quick so it's not a thing so they the idea of alpha males came from this one um observative study by this guy and um i think it was the 18 or 1900s um and like he didn't even realize what he was watching was something completely different until um like until he did more study so he released this article and this book about like you know observing uh wolf packs and um and how they operate being like this is like the leader or the alpha and then he went back more and realized that was not what was going on at all uh-huh. and tried to recant it but it has seeped into our culture and just like the polygraph test nobody nobody listens when the person who came up with that actually be like ah no that actually didn't work out was wrong <laughs> so, Fun. science bitch wow <laughs> There's been like no more, so literally Alpha just came from this like one guy who made a mistake. <laughs> as far as I've read, yes, I could be wrong. If you are listening and you've got actual scientific proof to back it up, please send it through to me. But I've read quite a lot of Wikipedia pages about this, so I just couldn't be bothered we, buying we're the not sponsored by Wikipedia in any way, but we we would like to be. If, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah um i think all of those are really valid things like and all seriousness to bring up so people need to know what healthy relationships are like mm-hmm. so, i would seriously just encourage everybody to read that just just for those parts and also the parts about consent um mm-hmm. I, I found that really interesting to explore, even though it's something that I explore a lot myself. Mm-hmm. Um, like in terms of like reading and listening to people's stories back and forth and stuff like that. And we all have our kind of own stories about that. Um, yeah. I feel like having something that is just a piece of writing about consent out on a page in black and white, like is just not something that happens. No, it's not. Yeah. Can we just talk about, like, how people have approached it, especially recently, because there's been this whole, like, thing about, like, Me Too and consent and how, you know, a lot of people are saying that not, and, like, not a lot of people really understand what consent is. And, for example, uh, my ex was saying that consent is everything, but then didn't, like, let me consent to anything. So they include not just sex, but invading personal space and having issues like that. But then also I have the flip side to them saying, you know, oh, this, this and that. My housemate that I used to live with was saying, don't you think that women are going a bit too far now with like, you know, saying like consent is sexy and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, no, because consent is sexy. But I can kind of understand where you're coming from because there are people who are misinformed about what consent is. And I feel like, yes, there are some people that are kind of messed up and will use it as a weapon. They're like, well, you know, I didn't consent to that. And unfortunately you do have people that are maybe going a bit too far with it. But I feel like as long as you are as a person checking that everything is consenting and everything is fine between you, then there should never be an issue with consent. Does that make sense? Mm. Because 
that was really like an awkward conversation for me to have with my uh, 40-year-old Brazilian ex-housemate. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. He's obviously older. He tried to have a conversation with me. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I think that it's in a male insecurity at the moment where they feel like, shit, I've actually had an ex-partner as well say to me, like, I just don't know what to do with a a woman anymore because I'm like, can I hold the hand? Is that okay? And I'm like, well, obviously you've got to read the situation. I think that then back in the day, there was just kind of like anything goes and you'll just see what happens. But now there's like all the consequences that have come from loads of different things in the media. And it has like kind of shocked the male aspect of this gender spectrum because they're like well I don't want to be accused of anything but it's like but if you only have good intentions and you are making sure that everything is okay then you shouldn't have any issues yeah I I read this thing the other day that was like um with people that are doing uh, saying things like this is going too far and I don't know what I can do anymore they they might say that but they would 100% understand consent if it was coming from say of them say say if they're straight a man trying to come on to them they would like a straight man with a man trying to come on to them they would understand consent a thing yeah yeah and, and I so feel true. like that's the kind we need to reframe it in, in a context of okay well if I'm not me what would I want to be happening I think yeah. it it becomes a lot more stark. I have actually had a discussion with a guy before who, uh, <gasps> not in, I know, right? <laughs> um, the guy who was he was straight, um, and he had um a, a friend of his that was gay, and he had a like, but it was a recent friend who was also obviously had a crush on him, and was like trying to come on to him, and he had just like never ever experienced this situation before I've, I've had same conversations him and he was feeling uncomfortable about it and not sure how to handle it and he was just like, like my whole life what, yeah, literally he was like what are you he was like I've got this really weird situation and I was like okay like what is it and he was just talking to me about it and I was like this is like my whole life this is the life like every woman ever and then he was like I like I don't really know what to do and I was just like well <laughs> I was just like you've never ever experienced this and then I thought to myself well I suppose you haven't really because as far as gender roles go you there's very few and I'm not saying it doesn't happen but there's probably very few situations where a woman will um aggressively pursue a man who has absolutely no interest unless you see it in the media as like this funny yeah, yeah, it's always portrayed as like a funny like, thing, like crazy uh-huh. psycho woman who just turns up outside the door every time. Like it's, and then that's just because they're crazy. It's not because it's like a normal thing that happens, you know. Um, yeah, so I, I've never really heard the situation before, and he was like, "I don't really know what to do because I don't, um, I don't want to like offend him, and I don't know, I don't know what I'm is okay." For, and I was like. <laughs> I was like, you just, <laughs> I almost said, just, just, just tell him that you are already in a relationship. That's what I have to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's the excuse for everything that we have to go back to. It's like, oh, I'm in a relationship. Sorry. But like, it's like, you shouldn't be sorry for like rejecting someone that you're not interested in. It's just like, sorry, like, but not sorry. 
I'm not interested. Can you stop now, please? That's that's all you have to say. Like, that's it. Because he was like, I've tried nicely telling him that I'm really not interested. And he's just not get. he's just not getting the hint. He just seems to think that, like, I'm playing hard to get, but I'm oh. really not interested. And I was like, wow. I hate that concept. Shit situation. That's not a thing. <laughs> Consent can be, like, in so many different forms as well. Like, I just want to highlight... Consent doesn't always come across as a no. It's it comes across in different forms. So maybe someone doesn't feel comfortable enough to say no. They might say something else. So please, if anyone's listening to this and you're not sure what consent is, if someone's tired, that's not consent. Like that's not keep going. If someone is just like not really feeling it and you can kind of feel that from them, stop. Like don't keep pursuing something because it, it can happen without you even realizing that you don't have consent and then it just leaves the other person feeling really horrible. So it's like pick up on body language pick up on like their energy levels pick up on their like if they're like actually engaging in the conversation with you or anything like that just you have to be sure and i've experienced and if you're not so sure calmly ask yeah like there's nothing wrong with just being like just is be this like, okay it's okay you don't have to be like i think that um a lot of guys are panicking because they feel like they have to be like Excuse me, madam, but would you mind very much if I held your and hand? my body part? Would you mind no. <laughs> if I touched your shoulder? Like, it's it's not that. It's, we all have common sense. Supposedly, we all have a s- common sense, right? So if you can see that you go to touch a woman's shoulder uh, or, or a, another guy and they flinch away from you or they yeah. seem very tense or very uncomfortable, probably you don't have consent to do that. Just ask yeah. them, sorry, am I, it's okay that I, I'm doing that, right? And then if they say, actually, no, um, then you don't have consent. Nah. Like, you could kind of read it. I mean... <laughs> Like, it's even just down to giving, like... You I think we say that. I think we space. say that you could... But clearly that's not happening. Like, And that's the danger I, that like, we're also, running. I just want to highlight to people out there um, with personal space issues, if you're talking to someone and um, you're noticing that they're slowly stepping away from you, please don't, mm-hmm. like... Think, keep following them please don't try and get back into their personal space they're basically telling you that they're uncomfortable but without saying dude i'm uncomfortable so they're trying to do it in a nice way they're trying to still keep the conversation going but respectful distance like yeah they're fine with being all up in each other's personal spaces but that doesn't mean the other party is so you just need to kind of be aware of that i think yeah Um, i think I can just like I just have flashbacks to like so many times when I was younger and just being in situations because I I didn't have the same like sexual education which I think I should have and it was just like going into this new world blind and just thinking that okay well this is just what everyone does and that's fine and I'll just do this too because this is just normal but it's it's not and it's not fair to especially this is why I think this book should be read by people who are younger than 14 because that is a really weird age for a lot of kids especially like in schools and stuff especially if you hang around with different age groups like you you can't just think that you know just because somebody who maybe you're with that's older than you knows better than you so you've got to I think it's just important that everyone should know this thing like you have rights to your own body you're the only person that controls your body you're the only person that like chooses what to do with it like don't let anyone else pressure you into doing something that you're not sure about Mm. we had a song at kindy yeah, I remember. Yes, Can I'm... you tell us? 
we we had a song at kindy and I had a little dance that goes with it, but I'm not going to do that. Because <laughs> it's a podcast it's okay. and they can't see yeah, right, it's anyway. a podcast. No one can see you. <laughs> yeah. But the song goes, it's my body, it belongs to me. It's my body, it belongs to me. I'm the boss of it, you can see. My body belongs to me. And it's got Aww. like, it's got like <laughs> I like it. that one. Now I'm going to just sing that at anyone who makes me feel uncomfortable from now on. And then <laughs> they'll either, well, they'll most likely back away anyway because they'll think I'm crazy. Yep. Uh, so it will have the desired effect. They'll either learn something from it or they'll be like, okay, she's crazy. I'm going to walk away now. And I'm like, okay, well, that's achieved what I wanted. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's a yep. really good point to highlight. Um. I also really like the um, the section on like gender fluidity, uh, fluidity and like just gender expression and identifying. So this is something which I think I would have benefited from a long time ago. And as we're in this sort of digital age now, luckily we have access to YouTube and we have access to like so many more people who are influencers of different identities and mm. genders. Um, but I think personally back in the day, like when I was just coming to terms with my sexuality, like, there was a horrible story of when I remember being so young and I didn't understand feelings and I didn't understand what was right and wrong. But I remember like my first girl crush and I was like, I wrote in my diary and I was like, oh my God, she's so beautiful. Like she's so cool. And I, I don't even really remember like how I met this chick. I think it was at like a family barbecue or something. And I wrote in my diary and I remember one of my friends actually reading my diary and finding it and being like oh my god you're a lesbian oh my god that's so gross and then I had to lie and be like oh no I just I knew that you were going to read my diary so I wrote on purpose just to fuck with you sort of thing and like I didn't but then for years after that I had to like suppress like what I felt inside and then just try to con like conform to like gender normality and just be like yeah I like dudes that's it I don't like women because that's gross and like there's so many like times in schools as well especially like PE is savage like you get changed in the same locker room as other girls and if you even glance at another girl by accident or you just scan the room someone's like oh she's looking at us she's a lesbian like that's so gross it's like well no like everyone's at the stage where they're like looking at their own bodies and then probably getting insecure because they're comparing themselves to other people so like don't just fucking like look at someone yeah. and think oh she must be a lesbian and then just completely write her off as something that's not fair that's not okay like being gay is fine you're allowed you're allowed to like your own gender it, there's there's not a right or wrong thing and I feel like maybe if I'd read like read a book like this then I would have been more okay with myself from a younger age and and then to also understand like the identity and role so for example I would identify as probably like I would say I'm pansexual, but I would say that I'm probably like 90% women, 10% guys. Um, don't really have like a general interest in men, apart from like the odd few where I'm like, yeah, you're nice, you're cute, this could be something. Um, mm -hmm. But when I was growing up, like unfortunately, the only girls that would come out as gay would be like this sort of stereotypical like butch lesbians who like kind of play rugby and all this kind of stuff and then uh, that left me feeling very confused because I was like well I don't play rugby I'm not butch so I can't be a lesbian so how do I go through life and identify this and it wasn't until I was like 18 and moved away from home and decided like oh 
I can just be who I want to be now. And I did. And then I started finding other women who were like me and didn't conform to this general sort of description of what a lesbian was, which, again, if I'd had this book, then I would have realized that a lot sooner. Mm. Yeah. Um, One of my favorite sections in that is actually by one of the first YouTubers I started watching um, when I was maybe about... 17, 18-ish, when I um, was starting to kind of explore my sexuality a little bit more. Um, And they came out as trans more recently, like within, I think, the last two years. And it's really interesting to see, even now, like, how um, how their perspective and everything has changed even since then. Um, And I think that what they wrote in there was really cool. Um... Did I say did I say their name? No. Ash Ash Hardell. If you're looking for stuff about being queer on YouTube, you should definitely check them out because they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Um Ash Hardell. Just want to say that. Yeah. How did you feel about that cat as somebody that's kind of approaching it from a not queer person? So much ish perspective. Uh Ish, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, she saved herself on that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just so, well, because my own experiences are a little bit, um, confused. I think coming to terms uh, with my sexuality has been very recent for me. Um, I've been in a straight relationship for a very, very long time, and a lot of people have been making assumptions about me and about my life as a result um which I guess is is natural I I don't I don't I understand where that comes from um but uh I do remember very vividly um when I was younger having a, a crush on a girl but not understanding it at the time I went to a girl school um, oh uh, yeah it was an all girls <laughs> the girls there like just like Mel described were pretty savage in terms of look at anyone the wrong way say anything weird you know in the moment of having yeah. a say anything weird and like you're a lesbian um mm-hmm. and it wasn't until even even in the later years when people were starting to come out as um bisexual and lesbian and stuff like that and it was starting to be seen it was still those people were kind of still outcasts um they were a lot of my friends actually um I was quite severely bullied during school so I didn't really hang with the cool kids um but for me it was only really recent because it it's just something that throughout my life when people have made that assumption of me it's just kind of grated on me there's just something about it when people have gone oh because you're straight or um mm. you know you only like boys that just something in my mind has just gone like an instinct has just gone that's wrong but then I've kind of brushed it aside because well of course you think that because I've been with the same guy for the last I've, n- I've never been with a girl um, oh cat are you a little gay too <laughs> wow <laughs> um but one thing that I find frustrating is when people are like well have you ever been with somebody of that of that gender or have you ever tried that and it's like and it's it's, it's, it's not, got nothing uh, to do with anything it's not just it's not just like a lot of people that I know think oh, that that kind of assumption would come from straight people but it actually quite a lot of it mostly comes from um the LGBT crowd because yeah they 
they've just they just it's it's an assumptive thing you know it's something that they just make an assumption on um and i don't blame them for it but recently i have fought back i'm not a, i'm not good good at that normally normally i'm just like okay well i'll just keep quiet about that because i've not got any evidence and i say that in quick <laughs> to back it up like if they're like oh wait you're not straight and then i'd be like I mean, I've never been with a girl, so I guess, um, uh, you know, never mind. Maybe I am straight. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, recently I've just been like, you don't know anything about me. You don't know about my life or my Don't Don't go, girl. Actually, my very straight partner is uh, probably the person that has brought that out most in me when I within the last (laughs) year, when I first said to someone like, no, I actually I'm not um 100% straight I think I mostly lean towards guys um but I definitely have girl crushes um mm. he was like oh I'm so glad you're finally admitting it and I was like wait you <laughs> he was like we watch tv together and you like salivate when some girls are. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I salivate alongside you like <laughs> uh, I love that I love basically. it yeah so is I think he realized it way before I did like fully realized it. it was just not high on my priority list to be honest it's not one of those things that I'm now going to come out and be like um oh yeah so it's it's not I'm not going to come out with it yeah but if people ask then I will tell them I respect that you're wearing part of the bi flag on your shirt anyway am I <laughs> yes yeah it's, uh, I think it's <laughs> this was not an intentional fashion. <laughs> you know what this was? I'm still in my pajamas, and I thought, oh no, I need to look like a put together adult in front of my friends. So I just stuck a jumper on to make it look. Stop fresh. it! <laughs> Can you see me? Like I literally got out of bed 15 minutes before the podcast because I thought no, we were doing I it at half do now. It comes from it comes from years of anxiety. If I, if I do go on a um, video call with my family, and I don't, if I have pajamas on at a certain time of the day, they're like, hmm. Katrina, I see that you're not dressed yet. Judgmental. <laughs> and my now, and I'm like, okay, must look like a functioning adult. <laughs> um, I, I completely understand where you're coming from, though, because I have been met with some, like, I'd like say barricades from the LGBTQ plus community because, like, for example, when I would be like with a guy, because it was just easier for me to meet guys back in the day before social media and before um, like Tinder and all that kind of stuff. And before I really knew how to express myself, I remember going out one night um, just after like I got savagely broken up with by my first ever girlfriend. And I was so heartbroken. I was like, fuck her. Like, I'm going to go out with my friends, going to go to a gay club because I just don't do that anyway. But I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go. I remember just seeing this chick and I was like, wow, she's so beautiful. And then one of my friends who was actually a lesbian, I don't think she meant it in any kind of like bad way, but she didn't realize how badly it affected me. We would be in the smoking area and uh, we'd all be talking in this group with this chick as well. And then my friend just turns around and goes, well, she's only bisexual. And that completely like tore my confidence apart. And I was like, so I'm not valid as a human being because I've dated a different gender. Like I'm not worthy of Mm -hmm. someone that's never dated a guy. Like I'm not worthy for a fully fledged golden star lesbian as they call it. And I'm like, that's not okay. Oh, like, I hate that. Literally. Yeah. yeah. No, I've experienced that kind of embarrassing and um, gatekeeping in the career community as well. Um, in fact, um, 
Mel was there, but um, you weren't, Kat. Um, re- recently, um, not long before, um, not long before I left London, we went to do karaoke at. I, I think I may have mentioned the karaoke. But we went to karaoke at a lesbian bar that I spent a lot of time at when I first went to London, right? Mm-hmm. And I'd always felt real comfortable there before, but I know that they have, like, limits on how many, like, men they will let in. And it was the first time me going there with somebody that I was dating, and he was a man, and I was seriously concerned because we had, like, more than one man with us that we wouldn't be let in. Mm-hmm. And I saw them looking at us like that when we went in, and I was like, you don't know me! Mm-hmm. Gosh! <laughs> Don't know stuff about me. Yeah, it's she does know me a little bit though. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I've seen you here before. <laughs> You've seen me here before. You always smile at me and roll your eyes at people around. You know, you know when you have like that thing with balances. They're like, I know you. This yeah. person that I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but um, I I think I did enjoy in the book. I did enjoy the um. Uh, some of the sections she if she was not what she considered to be 100% an expert on the subject or or she had no experiences of her own to go off I think Witten did she got um she interviewed people um, Mm -hmm. and got them to talk about their experiences um which I thought was a really clever idea because I think even if you're try- if you're trying to do good and you're trying to get information out there about like I don't think there's there probably is a lot of books now but certainly available um, there's not too many books about say like LGBT relationships unless you go and actively seek them out uh, mm-hmm. then sort of in the the mainstream um, so but because she said I don't really have those experiences so I'm gonna get let someone else talk about their yeah. experiences I thought that was really good um definitely i rather than speaking on behalf of a community and saying well i think that we need to talk about this so yes what i think that community is about she said well let me and let them not tell you (laughs) yeah because Uh, again going back to the gatekeeping thing i've watched like a lot of um youtubers and like one of my favorite ones is called chase ross and like I love him and I think that he's very good at his channel and he's very informative and he's probably helped the community for trans people so much but mm-hmm. he he does get super super livid when people who aren't trans talk about trans to- uh, topics and then I completely get that so yeah for the reason of this book she's done that so that nobody can kind of get like trigger warning or like just a bit like oh well you're not trans so how can you speak for us but it's like I feel like there's a there's a flip side to that where you've kind of got to accept that no one's trying to speak for you and your experience if they're just trying to do good. But if they are doing bad, then, yeah, I completely get it. But sometimes, you know, like, cut some people some slack. But um, I think that you're completely right in that. And I, I think that it probably hits home a little bit more for other people because then they can really relate to the book as well. Because mm-hmm. they can I say think she wrote the whole thing from a perspective that is actually a, a trans perspective. <laughs> And I think she does say, like, it's important for people that like are not trans or um, that are not um, gay or lesbians or whatever to speak, uh, like, and speak up and say that they're, like, an ally. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's what she's doing. But she's not saying 
yeah, I know, you know, I've read about it. Yeah. So I know all about lesbian relationships. Here's what it's like to be a lesbian person from the perspective of someone who is yeah. not you know like, which was going to um, be the next section I was going to mention actually which was how to be a good ally which is yeah. really important I just want to read some of these things out here just because I think that they are important and I think that people don't always remember to think in this way when it comes to experiencing other people's beliefs reactions or lifestyles and I think it, this comes in every kind of form not just about like you know trans fluid gender whatever like I think that in just any kind of life just to remember that you can't judge someone on their appearance or anything like that because you don't know their lifestyle but um for example she said so I've mentioned it before she's straight and cis and there are certain privileges that come with that and here's just a few so it says she's always felt normal because she learned about and has seen examples of heterosexuality everywhere, so from her parents, her friends, news, books, TV, and films. She's never been bullied because of her sexuality or gender. She's never felt um, feared that her parents might kick her out because of her sexuality or gender, and she can use the woman's bathroom freely without fear, and she said she can go to any country in the world and her sexuality isn't a crime. Um, So her sort of tips on how to be a good ally and just to make sure that you're doing the sort of whole world a good thing is just to like check your privilege which is number one so Mm. as three white ladies we I'm sure we all check our privilege in that way but also just to remember from LGBTQ plus community so for example I'm um cis and I identify as pan but I'm quite femme so like no one's ever really sort of given me shit but recently when I've been out with my girlfriend, oh my God, I've experienced homophobia and it is terrifying. And I didn't think that this still happens because I'm oblivious and privileged. But like, like, for example, we were just walking down the street the other day and she's like, she's not butch and, but she has like short hair and she wears like men's fashion, but she's, she's still very, very feminine. But we were just walking down the street and this guy walks past and literally shouted to us, don't fucking look at me, you faggot. Like, literally oh. shouted that at us. And I turned around and I was like, what the fuck? And she was like, no, 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 don't do the same thing. And I was like, uh, okay. And then I didn't really know how to react because I was like, well, I don't feel in danger, so I'm immediately angry and I want to be like, fuck you sort of thing and fight it. But then I'm like, actually, well, the anger's not at me, so it's not really up to me to say something then if she doesn't want to because, like, I'm endangering her if I then provoke another reaction from it. Mm. Um, But that's just like, it's really opened my eyes. I mean, I felt like I was always quite woke to this sort of stuff. And I just, I honestly just didn't think that homophobia was still an issue, but clearly it is. Yeah. Like that loud still. Um. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And then like the other ones are just saying how, listen, so like if you do have anyone who is like slightly different from you just listen to them just like hear their experience don't listen to answer just listen um amplify others voices so uh it says okay so even though a lot of your role as an ally is to be quiet and listen there are times you should shout from the rooftop some straight people are more likely to listen to me than someone who is an lgbtq lgbtq plus mouthful 
<laughs> and so I should use that privilege to raise LGBTQ plus voices and share their stories. Um, this doesn't mean speaking over them for them. I've tried to practice this here by having some of my LGBTQ plus friends write about their own experiences. And so hopefully a lot of people um, will be able to read their stories. And then the final one will just be educate. Well, actually, it's quite a few more, actually. Just educate yourself. So take the time to do it yourself. Don't expect anyone to be your sole educator because they are the only person that you know. Unfortunately, this happens and falls on the shoulders of a lot of people, especially trans people in the community, because I feel like there just aren't that many who are out at mm-hmm. the moment. So I've been guilty of this. When I first met a trans person at uni, I was like, I just don't know anything about it. Like, I just don't. And I thought that we were open enough to talk about it, but they got very defensive within like they would talk about it in like lectures and stuff um and then would be like you know almost angry because everyone else didn't know where to find it but I don't blame them people for like not knowing that that's not okay because it just it was still very new um but then to then take it upon yourself to then go educate yourself and find out for your own and just find like YouTube channels great do that it's fine um there's also saying like this is not your time to shine so no matter how much of an attention seeker you are uh, like herself she quotes you are in a supporting role you are not the star here you are not the leading actor or director you are the runner on the set taking orders listening to others and making sure everyone's happy and well hydrated (laughs) Um, don't take breaks so do you think oppression takes a break no um lgbtq plus people are affected um almost every day by this sort of stuff so it's not just something you can dip in and out of um learn how to say sorry especially if you have offended someone because this is probably going to happen at some point and it's okay like if you genuinely make a mistake don't beat yourself up just apologize make sure that person understands that like you didn't know or it's like just claim your ignorance and say I'm sorry I didn't mean to offend you but then go read up about it and really make it sincere Mm. I like that last one actually I think part of the problem when it comes to talking about issues like that is that people are especially if you all know about British stereotypes um people are always very worried about offending other people Mm -hmm. that they don't educate themselves they just remove themselves from it Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't sit there and say um I or let me read up on it and make sure that I fully understand it they just go I'm just not going to talk about it because I don't want to offend anyone I don't want to say the wrong thing mm-hmm. uh, so I'm just going to look over it as if it's not happening and then mm-hmm. because they haven't educated themselves at some point the topic will come up and they will say something and embarrass themselves and the other person <laughs> and yeah. then will even more so be like well uh, mm, and go bright red and then just not say anything mm-hmm. again and it will just fester mm-hmm. um, it's better it's better it's something that I need to work on but it's better that uh, to uh, speak openly about it and be like to be honest I don't really know much I am like would you recommend anywhere that I can find good information yeah about this stuff because I want to read up on it and like actually go out of your way to educate yourself on it (laughs) yeah I just want to highlight one more thing on that as well to be an ally um like trigger warning I don't want to like upset anyone but just like one of the things that I've noticed a lot in the last year and a half is 
how people still think it's their right to ask somebody about their genitalia Um, like this is just mm -hmm. not something you like as a person have a right to ask you can't even cis person to cis person you can't you just can't just bring it up and be like how's your junk doing today like just like no like unless you've established that you guys are super close friendships you warn them before you're going to ask them something so personal um it's just not okay like it's it's none of your business it doesn't matter what genitalia they have or how they identify it's nothing to do with you and just because they may or may not have certain things doesn't validate or invalidate them as a person so anyone listening to that as well just please 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 before you speak to somebody about their identity don't go in with such savage questions Mm. yeah I think that's probably the 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 biggest question that especially probably the trans community I can imagine get asked that so much and it's like the first thing they're asked because everyone Mm. immediately just thinks of that and they just go oh I'm actually really interested in learning about this like so do you actually like like you know what I mean I know that we're just been talking about it (laughs) that's so insensitive Mm -hmm. moving away from that for a minute because it's a bit heavy um so fun story forgot to bring any tea (laughs) oh I have my tea breakfast it's like a normal I don't well can you just can you say a normal cup of tea there are so many types of tea but it's a it's a builder's tea builder's brew it's like that it's my that's my good morning wake up like I need to be awake for this stat type cup of tea yeah that's what I went for it's this cold morning sugar. <laughs> oh I don't have any sugar though so I'm like Ugh. and like for some reason my girlfriend and I decided to try different milks um because I'm vegan and I tried hazelnut the other day and I've I don't really like it because I feel like it's too earthy. Maybe with, with like coffee, it would be all right. But like in tea, no. And then we also tried cashew milk because we heard it's like really creamy. And I just had that and I, I don't like it. So I think I need sugar or honey, even though honey's not vegan. But something sugary sweet that will make that better. But usually it's soy milk for me. And a lot of people have like different opinions on soy. But I like it. And I don't need sugar with that one. So, yeah, I'm just probably going to stick to that. Soy milk? Kiara, the unsweetened one tastes like shit. Sweetened one tastes like candy. Mmm, yummy treats for the mornings. <laughs> oh, I tried the pina colada rooibos you got that never sort of came up in the tea side of things. I tried it last night. Uh, it was pretty good, but again, I tried it with um, cashew milk, and I feel like I should have had coconut milk for it. And it would have been way better. Yeah, I know. But I just really fancied something a bit creamier. So I was like, I'm going to just have it with milk. And then it just, it was fine. But it wasn't, like, I could taste the flavours in it, which I was like, oh, this is really good. But then it definitely, that, like, aspect of coconut. And I usually hate coconut milk, just FYI. But I think (laughs) it would have Anyone thinking, let's buy Belle coconut milk for her birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> um, I love that. I love that you finally had that tea. I bought it for the podcast in like September. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was going to try the chamomile one that you got, the Cairo chamomile with like two different types of mint tea in it as well. Sounds really good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
definitely. All right, guys. Likelihood to recommend this book. Yeah, like 8 out of 10 if you need it, I will say read it. Yeah, I would say, well, I would say I um, would say 9 out of 10. I think it's a very good, um, it's got a lot of information in it, and I think it's a very good place to start your learning. Um, I think it would be good, as we've already discussed, to have it in place in schools, especially for young people, um, male or female, to start kind of working out what's going on because uh, mm-hmm. I think between 11 and 14 is when words to do with sexuality to do with sex start getting bandied around yes normally as insults of some kind mm-hmm. um and nobody really understands what they're talking about they no. just say it <laughs> um and that's when that that almost homophobia and things like that will start because they've been calling people a lesbian as an insult and then later on in life that means that they internalize that a little bit yeah Uh, I agree it would be a good idea to start people learning about things like that at a young age so that when they're a bit older they at least know the meaning behind the words that they're saying so flippantly (laughs) and so that they have a better understanding of feelings that they may be having yeah exactly and then they can start to work on that at an earlier age and have a, a better sense of self-identity and uh, self and how to work on that healthily yes mm-hmm. yes i agree um yeah so i would say it's, it was, it's a very good educational tool um and then if you do have particular aspects that interest you more or you feel apply to you more you could then there's a great resources page at the end as well i think um or throughout each section she has um like different types of resources that she recommends for people if you want to look at certain aspects of it channels influences things like that um so i think it would be a really good educational tool and i i genuinely do think it's one of those books that should be like in every school it should be used in a good sex education class in every school yeah not just bloody scary yeah if you have to not having sex pride and prejudice and you have to go and read all these history books and i love pride and prejudice by the way that wasn't a knock on pride and prejudice um actually but um, (laughs) you know those are required reading i don't understand why it's not required to read something that is some you will encounter so much in life Mm. Yeah. I'm just saying I've rarely encountered Pythagorean theorem in my real life. <laughs> so useful. It's um, so useful in my day-to-day life. Yeah, triangles. Thank God um, I know about acute triangles. <laughs> <laughs> it did win me a trivia question the other day, though. Um, oh, good. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> – yeah. What, were you um, the chase? Did you win lots of money? No. Nah. No, they're not. I just knew something my dad didn't. (laughs) That's always a win in my eyes. (laughs) Actually, Um, saying that, it doesn't even matter if it's it's for money or not. I do have this real deep sense of satisfaction if I win like a quiz. I was doing so good that night. I just knew all the answers. Um, Yes. But um, my likelihood recommend probably eight and a half. Um, I'm definitely feeling the exact same way as you but I feel like it needs to be as I said in that age group 
I probably wouldn't present it to somebody our age or a little bit older um, unless it had really come up quite strongly. So I mm. thought that they should read it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, at the same time, if I still have my copy, spoiler alert, don't, did not come with me back to New Zealand. But I would literally just be, I have a, I have a 16, almost 17 year old brother and I'd be throwing it at him being like, I know you probably know this stuff already, but I need you to read this. For my peace of mind. For me. <laughs> Do it for your, your sister. You yeah. love the door. But I know that you're not messing up the the brains of the non-existent romantic partners in life. That's not a dig at him. He just doesn't agree with very many people here yet. Fair. Yeah. All right, guys. Any last thoughts? No. Just think that everyone should just be nicer to each other. I would definitely, yeah, definitely read this book, um, please. And if you're going to buy it. Yeah. Or if anyone wants to borrow it. Even if it's just for the the chapter on on masturbation. (laughs) That was a, (laughs) I was reading it and I was like, yeah, do you know what? I've never ever learned about this stuff, ever. No one has ever sat down and been like, you realize women masturbate too ever <laughs> like i had to learn that by myself <laughs> like, i was just always like oh what's that weird feeling that's not can't be that because only guys do that and it's gross right yeah and i think it's uh great <laughs> <laughs> i feel like with guys as well just kind of come on the box <laughs> yeah so even if it even if it's just that section just to educate yourself on that do it read it <laughs> yes and i'll save my adventures of the library for the next time because i feel like we've run long enough today yes i think we're mm-hmm. watching been recording so time to plug it <sighs> My name is Kiara Batten. You can find me on at Kiara Batten, B-A-T-T-E-N, um, on Instagram, which is a more interesting place to find me because I don't post on Twitter very much. <laughs> Instagram is at Kiara B, Kiara B-E-E. Um, and you should also hit up our website, readingbetweenthetealeaves.com. Cat, go. Uh, yep. So I am uh, chased by my imagination. Blogspot.co.uk. I review books there of all types. Um, and also uh, hit me up on Twitter. My favourite Twitter handle at catcatmeow1. Um, all the cats spelt with a K because that's how you spell my name. It's a clever pun. It's yeah. Hmm. Always my favourite. Um, and then I've recently changed my Instagram tag just because my girlfriend reiterated to me that my name was uh, Honey being Greek. So I changed my Instagram to Honey, as in the actual Honey, not spelt with a U, uh, dot B with five E's underscore, which is always really fun. So good luck finding that one. But that's where I'll be doing my <laughs> illustration. You wind that bit over and over again to be like, how many E's did she say? <laughs> five. Five E's. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've just uploaded uh, an Etsy store as well, which will be MHB Illustration Shop. So I will be uploading things on there soon and doing prints. 
Yes. Yes. Exciting. And please, please subscribe to us so you hear more of our voices. Or alternatively, if you hate them, don't. (laughs) (laughs) But don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Just subscribe. You don't have to listen if you really hate our voices. Please listen. (laughs) But please listen. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure people will listen just to hear Kiara's voice because she is no longer with us. In terms of just another country. (laughs) All right. Thanks very much for listening, guys. Catch you later. Bye. It's the same for me. Like, I like getting into series after they've all been released because then I can be like, I can get read the next one without having to wait. (laughs) Watch all the people that like struggle through. They're like, I can't believe I have to wait a year and a half for this. And I'm like, that's why I'm waiting.